The brutal invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces continues. At this point, it is difficult to understand the rationale behind Putin's war. But his blatant use of force is obvious. Putin bombed Mariupol to the ground like Hitler bombed Leningrad into submission. Atrocities committed by Putin's army are coming to light. Witnesses report unlawful attacks on civilians, including rape, summary executions, enforced disappearances, and even torture. According to Human Rights Watch, these actions could constitute war crimes and potentially crimes against humanity. The stakes are high for the Ukrainian people. Not only are they fighting for life or death, but the democracy of their country also lies in the balance. In the face of Putin's totalitarian regime, the resistance continues its fierce defense. Despite that, millions of Ukrainians are now displaced or seeking asylum in the West, and thousands have lost their lives to Putin's war. Since the fall of the USSR, Russia has lost its power of attraction and can no longer provide welfare to its neighboring states. In this context, Russia's historical sphere of influence in Eastern Europe shifted in favor of Western liberalism. Unlike the United Kingdom at the beginning of the 20th century, Russia seems incapable of adapting to its not-so-new geopolitical reality. Instead, Putin seeks to reclaim Russia's traditional sphere of influence by force. This is the most significant threat to global peace since 1945. On one side, Putin is waging an unjustified war against a sovereign country, feeds his people with state propaganda, and threatens the world with nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, the West Alliance is desperate to avoid a global conflict, all the while providing security assistance to Ukraine and sanctioning Russia to topple the country's economy. It is as though the Cold War never ended. Russia is now a pariah state and should remain one for a long time. In 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea in a blatant violation of international laws, they were expelled from the G8. Now, Russia must be expelled from the G20 ahead of the November summit. Indonesia, this year's presiding country, still plans to invite Putin, in which case Canada should boycott the event. Furthermore, as Russian troops bombed hospitals and civilian targets in Ukraine, Finland and Sweden are now reconsidering their policy of non-alignment. If Finns and Swedes want to join NATO, they should be welcomed with open arms. This realignment would be one of the most significant geopolitical outcomes of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Finally, everything possible must be done to help Europe reduce its dependence on Russian energy. 
This won't happen overnight, but Europe cannot continue to fund Putin's regime, nor can it fund Russia's next wannabe Tsar. Nobody can predict the outcome of the war in Ukraine, but Putin's actions have already weakened Russia on all fronts. Their economy is in freefall, their military is taking a hit, and international relations could not be worse. Putin underestimated the West's capacity to unite behind strong sanctions, and the West underestimated Putin's despotic ambitions in Europe, despite Russia's historic dismissiveness of its neighbor's sovereignty. Putin's war has geopolitical consequences for the whole world, but it seems that the dictator is waging a war that he already lost. His legacy will be one of war, murder, and crimes against humanity. However, this is not where the tragedy ends. The true crisis is happening within Ukraine's borders, where millions have been displaced and thousands have died. This is Putin's war.